The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello and welcome to episode 188 of Spin the Rally Pod. I am Lisa O'Sullivan, your host, and I'm joined by the excellent team from Dirtfish.com as ever. We have Head of Media, Mr. David Evans. Good morning, David. Good morning, Lisa. We have former motorsport team principal, Mr. George Donaldson. Good morning, everyone. Morning, morning, morning. And... We have a man who has been promoted, and we all have to bow and call him Sir, editor of Dirtfish.com, Mr. Luke Barry. Congratulations, Luke. Thank you, Lisa. But there shall be no calling me Sir. That's far too <laughs> official. We can't have that. That's not what you said in that email <laughs> to me you. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Dave, we don't discuss internal things outside. Flex, flex those editorial muscles, Luke. Get in about it. Yeah. Well, in, in all seriousness, it is, it is a tremendous honour, as you can imagine for anybody in, in my position. But we're not here to talk about me, so I'll keep it at that. But thank you, everyone. Cool. So award-winning Luke Barry has been promoted <laughs> to editor on the Dirtfish.com website, which is where you should be going every single day to get your fix of rally news. And that includes a most excellent story that we dropped on the website yesterday. Lukey, Lukey, please tell us. Yari Matti Latvala and Finland. Yeah, it, it's always always been a great combination, Latvala and Rally Finland. There's been plenty of highs and lows, but there's another chapter coming, which I think... David, you're maybe better qualified than me to answer this, but it feels I was certainly a little bit surprised by it, but I feel like I almost shouldn't have been. In a way, this is this is almost what Yari Matty had been chasing ever since he'd got the job as, as team principal, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. Spell it out. Spell it, it out. He'd he'd always said, hadn't he, that when he took over as team principal, he didn't want this to be the end of his drive. You wouldn't say driving career because I think he'd accepted that it was the end of that. Uh, but he'd always maintained he wanted to drive. He wanted to drive his historic cars and and do what he what he could and where he could. Um, and yeah, he'd always had his eye on a Rally One car. Um, and in his own words, uh, as soon as Mahimpa, his his beloved Mahimpa stage, was back in in and on the route then he, he wanted to be there to welcome it back, um, but actually didn't expect to be. Uh, and Mahimpa is back for this year, and so is Yari Matti. So it's it's great news. Um, and, and just one thing, Luke, I, exactly the same as you, thought, ooh, yeah, highs and lows. We've obviously seen him in a few ditches. We've seen him in the trees and, and what have you a few times um, in Finland. In the last 11 rallies, who can guess how many podiums he's scored in the last 11 Rally Finlands. No sneaky peeks at ewrc-results.com. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 10. Okay. Interesting. 
this might be a really silly question, but I assume this is his his last eleven rally Finland rather than his the last his 11. last. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't be pedantic, <laughs> Mister Editor. Well, I was just che- I was just checking. It makes a big I think difference. That's his job. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna guess uh, seven. Okay, Lise. Well, I'm guessing that seeing as you've you've made a point of it, then it's going to be high. So I I was going to go with George. I was going to go double figures. You would all be wrong. Uh, it was nine, actually, oh. so it wasn't. <laughs> but it, it, oh, it's so close. It, it's mad that I kind of went back through all his results expecting accident, accident, didn't yeah. finish, blah, blah, blah. But literally, he has been there. Um, and then if you think back and, and just pause, you know, that it, it was generally, I'm very, very sorry about this, Miko. It was generally Miko mm. that was chucking it into the trees while Yerry Matthew was sort of <laughs> learning his trade in, in Finland at home. Um, and picking up the results. Uh, three wins, bunch of seconds, few thirds. Um, and yeah, he's... So yeah, it, ultimately, it is fantastic news. It's as if the Finns don't have enough to be excited about with Cali Rovampera leading the championship <laughs> going in there. Um, yeah. they've, they've now got the young old boy back as well. Um, Can so, I make a quick interjection and caveat? So I, sorry, George, uh, just uh, very quickly before uh, we move on to... Anything okay, else? I, I just want to defend myself almost with this highs and lows comment. I would argue, and again, I could be <laughs> completely uh, mugging myself off here because I've not checked back any WRC results to confirm, but I have a feeling some of these podiums could actually be classed as lows. If you think back to, I think it was maybe 2012 when Citroen got a 1-2 ahead of Latvala, which yeah. wouldn't have been considered a high result, even though it's a podium. So statistics can be massaged, David Evans. That's all I'm saying. That's, so, that's actually a very good point. Yeah. Lies, damn lies and statistics. <laughs> That's, I'd forgotten about that, Luke, to but be no, perfect. No, you're, and you're he was right. absolutely gutted about that. Yeah, and but, that was, but, you know, but, what but, he was going to win. All right. But you so are right. No, you are, you are right, though. I, I think <laughs> you are right. The point was that you maybe would expect there was more incident, shall we say, than there was. But no, it's... Anyway, I'm, I'm turning for the point. George, you want to hear what you're saying about it? Because it's just something you to get excited yeah, about. Yeah, well... well oh, oh. Obviously, he's driving a Toyota, not a Ford or a Hyundai. <laughs> yes. The, uh, he's driving a Ford factory indeed. car. Indeed. So he... He's driving the fourth factory car. <laughs> um, obviously not nominated for points. That that will be uh, uh, Takamoto's duty. But uh, wow, I mean, that, that, there's been so many changes. But of course, uh, in Finland, they've got the opportunity to test as much as they want. So he can he can get a good re- reacclimatization, get understanding of the car on home turf, uh, on their own test ground as much as as much as he he feels he requires to be good and safe and let's see that let's see if he's become as wise uh, uh, a human as he has become uh, uh, a, a team principal let's and let's to- see let's figure talking it out. of the team principal obviously we know Yerry Matty is team principal so Luke we have news on team principal for for Rally Finland as well don't we yeah I have to say it's hard to think of I guess a better person to come in and I was secretly well I say secretly I wasn't thinking about this and I should have been I kind of assumed that maybe they'd share the job with like Kyle Lynch and everything else and just kind of paper over the cracks which would have been a bit naive actually to be fair so I'm I should of naive of me I should have said <laughs> the team but yeah Akio Toyota is in there as the stand-in team principal which I think is amazing I really do I think for the drivers that's going to be quite a treat having him around for the entire weekend being quite plugged in and I'm interested to see how stuck in he gets I guess how how involved if he's going to try and push it through any of his own practices or anything. But I think it'll be a really nice 
dynamic. Because um, he's obviously not a stranger to the service park, as we know. But he's never really had a concerted role that will have a direct impact on the result of the rally, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I, I'm quite excited to see how that all plays out. But I think the whole thing is just great. It gives us another storyline but it's weird we're talking about finland and it's not even the next round of the championship but it's yeah, yeah. it's all it's already exciting but it, who's alongside yari for Massey? me that's the big story who's co-driving uh Hanninen. sorry well that's i mean that's fantastic as well you know because the, the, the finns love yuho as well double bubble or triple bubble triple bubble <laughs> can you have a triple bubble we you can now Possibly. But for me, the big story is uh, Mr. Toyota's involvement. That, that's fascinating. Why weren't you giving Absolutely the call, fascinating. That's the question I'd be asking if I was you. I'd be going, uh, I'd be uh, driving to Finland right now and asking. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't presume for things like that. Look, the world moves on, and, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe I did, actually, because I'm, I'm quite uh, happily ensconced in the oil industry these days. It's, and it's quite good fun, to be honest. Yeah. But it is a big job, though, I guess, isn't it? To... I don't know how... It, it, is, David... it is and it isn't. It is and it isn't, really. I mean, if you, if you look at the, that principal role, it depends on, you know, when I was effectively team manager, team principal, when I was team manager at Toyota, I did everything. I, I, I sorted out, you know, the, 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 every last detail around an event. Um, and then on the event, managed everything. We did all the driver briefings. We, we took the team through uh, all the... The, the strategies and tactics. So we did that obviously together with different people. So you'd use the logistics people, the engineers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when I became a team principal, it became more focused on uh, the just, just the, the driving and the tactics um, and the strategies around events. So um, I would like to think that Yari Mati probably looks after a fair bit of the event strategy because he's, because he's got a great insight into events. Um, uh, um, we know that they don't make a huge amount of input into the drivers in terms of, you know, team orders. But but that doesn't mean to say that they don't sit with each driver, talk through the realities of where they are in the championship, their past performance on this event, looking at any failures that have occurred in the past, looking at any shortcomings in in their performance, uh, in the event itself that could affect them. What can happen on this event? Where can you go wrong? And um, and looking at uh, what what they've been doing to mitigate that through the year, you, you go through quite a lot of process and procedure to make sure all the drivers and the the entire team, even at team principal level, you, you you do that to make sure that everybody is firmly in the starting blocks. Uh, and I mean, you're you've got to be kind of in the starting blocks about a week before the event. Nominally, that's you've got to be one hundred percent ready to go because. You you you've done your little last pre-event test. Now it's just the build up into the into the 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 the, the rather short recce, and then everything that goes around the event. There's a massive amount of distraction there that that you've got to manage for the drivers. Uh, obviously, there's a huge amount of commitments as well. That's what I call dis- distractions, which which is for a driver, but that's what they've got to manage because that's the job. Uh, and if they if they can't manage that, then they'll not make it to the top. So again, you're you're looking to help them through all that. So yeah, um, Mr. Toyota has a pretty big job ahead of him. Potentially, though, this um, could but... be the opportunity for Yeri Matti Latvala to have the drive of his life because we all know that when he was competing at the top level, he would get inside his own head 
And I think that even though he has all those responsibilities that you've laid out there, George, at the same time, now he's being moved into the driver box and away from being um, head honcho boss, it's quite freeing for him to able to be able to just go and drive potentially. Well, I mean, he has been driving for enjoyment uh, uh, on on events at home in his, in his classic Toyotas. So th- this is, I mean, he's got to view it as exactly the same. Who cares where he finishes? You know, he's, 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 you know, he's going to be the bottom part of the, the top 10. It would be, I think, where he'll end up. Um, he doesn't want to push himself into a, a, a situation where he makes a mistake. So you actually just go out and enjoy driving. So, you know, you let the car go a little bit more sideways. You just, you know, you just have the fun of drifting and moving the car in a fun way. You're not actually trying to get the last few seconds out of a stage, uh, which is where all the risk is. You know, the last few milliseconds almost squeezing the last bit of the road. He doesn't have to do that. He can just go out and enjoy it. And, you know, that that might, you know, that might reap a, well, it'll, it'll reap a top 10 result somewhere. I mean, it'll be faster than the, the WRC two cars, but um, I'm I'm sure of that. But not by a massive amount because they're not far behind anyway on a rally like this, where where you get up to speed and then mm. you keep the speed. I... So, yeah, just having fun. I mean, it'll just be an absolute blast. These are lovely, powerful cars with a great big thrill in them. Just go out and enjoy it. How good is that? I, just to absolutely to, to to agree with everything that George has said, but it has to be said that the the focus is very much on the finish. Uh, for this one, uh, and in in his words, yeah. Jerry Matthews said, "All I want is to to finish." Sorry, did you mean the finish or the finish? Yeah, the finish at the finish um, <laughs> is to is to finish between fifth and tenth, um, but to finish every stage gotcha. with a smile on my face. Uh, and he did emphasise finishing yeah. every stage, uh, so he knows, you know. But yeah. equally, he does make a very good point that. What he doesn't have as a team principal is is experience um, of Rally One cars. He's driven every evolution of of World Rally cars for the last twenty years. But when the the boys, when when Calais and Elvin and people are talking about the deployment of hybrid and any mapping issues that they might be having, he doesn't understand what that means. Um, so this gives him that opportunity uh, to understand it. Uh, so there is some kind of there is some use in there as well. Uh, so, a hundred percent, hundred percent. But I'm sure he's, he's he would have had ample opportunity to go to the development tests to understand the car, which you would definitely want to do. So, whilst he's not got the active driving uh, experience in it, and he'll get that here, he should and I'm, I'm sure does have a great understanding because he's very technical. Mm. He loves he loves all the stuff. He will have been he will have uh, talked talk Tom Fowler to death to understand how it works and how the mappings work and I'm sure he's gone along to some of the development tests and sat next to Yuho or whoever's driving the car on the tests to understand exactly how it works and how it how it translates and where the shortcomings are and where they need to change things because I'm sure also that he's still got a, a little bit of comment and input into that which whilst not relevant in the competition sense will be relevant in the general sense and and just to put that into context, you think of a test driver. Some of the best test drivers are not rally drivers, and some of the best rally drivers, um, whilst they all think they're great test drivers, all they all they are good at doing is practicing. So, ooh, contentious. Stuff. <laughs> but, it, but it's but it's yeah. actually true. There's there's not a team in the world that won't tell you that. No, and it um, it will give him 
as you say, a different kind of insight to actually have sat in the, the Rally One car, which, let's face it, can you name me one of the other team principals that has been has the driving experience that Yeri Massey has in recent years anyway? Um, uh, no. So we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Malcolm Wilson probably is the last one. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. We'll move on to find out what you were up to this weekend, Mr. David Evans, over in the Emerald Isle, in the glorious sunshine. Yep. Or was it raining? It, it was not <laughs> raining. Uh, it was it was glorious sunshine. Actually, it wasn't. It was it was overcast, and this, but that was actually part oh, of the perfect st- weather for you then. It hundred percent. It was part of the story though. In the, uh, obviously, it was Ravens Rock Rally. Uh, on Sunday, which is around the, I'm not sure which championship. Uh, it's not an Irish tarmac championship. So in Ireland, it, it's national. Is it right? It's around the. But Irish yeah. tarmac is the premier. Um, Do you want me to put an edit in there? No, no, no. It's fine. No. Uh, okay. Uh, Irish tarmac. I'll put, is, I'll put an edit in there though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Irish tarmac is is the premier championship. Then it comes down to Irish national, as as Luke said. So it's around to that, but. That's not the important information. Josh Moffat, congratulations, he won. Um, but the the real the kind of big story on this year's Ravens Rock was the fact that it's the first one. It runs out of Waterford, uh, and obviously Waterford is associated with with one man with Craig Breen. Uh, so it was always going to be an emotional event. First one back since Craig's tragic um, death earlier this year, uh, and. Two fellas, three fellas, actually, who were unbelievably close with Craig. Andrew Fanning, Andy Andy Fanning, uh, Mike Chen and Sean Hassett got together and decided to to do something special with, with Andy's Skoda Fabia. Um, and what they did was they took the, the plain white car and they plastered it in quotes from Craig. Uh, covered it. The delivery was a black and white one with an Irish trickler on the, on the roof. Uh, and it just had every funny line that's made us laugh throughout Craig's career all over it. Uh, and it was brilliant. It was <laughs> it was an amazing event. It was incredibly emotional uh, to see Ray and Jackie, Craig's parents there. Kelly was there, his sister as well. Um, and yeah, and just to say Ray and Jackie, you know, they were, they were in the service park doing their own thing. Um, but, you know, this rally is literally around the corner from their house. Um, and to say mm-hmm. that, these people and the and that beautiful family are still struggling like you wouldn't believe is is an understatement um and it's it's genuinely humbling to to be in their company um and it was the whole weekend it was a very very special one uh and yeah to... it's um it, it's still a shock to be honest to, to remember that we've lost such a, a leading light and such a a brilliant human being um and the, the grief of it is very weird i, I lost my mum 
just before Christmas and I didn't realise quite what physical, uh, what a physical response you can have to grief and how time changes things. It doesn't necessarily make it any better. Um, so I, I can understand how Ray and Jackie will be going through different phases of, of feeling rubbish, to be honest. Um, but the love that the rallying world have for Craig is just wonderful. It, it must be like a lovely cushion that, um, that that the family can rely on. Yeah, it, absolutely. All all of that and and a bit more. Um, it was yeah, it was an amazing day. And just you know whether or not you you believe in these things, I don't know. Um, but you know, Craig Craig competed under the number forty two. Uh, Elliot Barnard, our cameraman, left from gate forty two. Um, <laughs> flew from gate forty two. Uh, Josh Moffat, it was his forty-second career win. He won by forty-two seconds. When the boys, oh when the goodness. boys left um, uh, service first thing Sunday morning, the first marshal to initial their card, his initials were was, was CB. Uh, you know <laughs> these things just kept on, kept on coming, um, and yeah, mm. it was, it was an amazing day. On Sunday, uh, it really was. It was one of those days that you, you're just privileged to be there. We, we were we were there from very very early. Um, and I don't know anybody that doesn't know Waterford. You get into Waterford across, or the one way into Waterford. One of the ways into Waterford is across this beautiful bridge. Um, <coughs> we decided to just go and do some filming uh, over this bridge over the river. And it was, as I say, it was pretty cloudy, pretty overcast, and not not a great morning. The second. Elliot flicked his camera on, which coincidentally flashed up with forty-two percent battery uh, when he turned it on. Um, the 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 clouds genuinely the clouds parted and the sun beamed through like you wouldn't believe. It was it was nuts. You got to watch the video. The video will be on on YouTube uh, on Dirtfish's YouTube channel. Watch it, Chenny, Shawnee, there and Andy. Everybody, they're they're all on there talking a lot about him. Um, yeah, it was, as I say, it was an emotional one, uh, but it was a great one. That's absolutely the best way to oh, remember do, somebody. Do, do, do you know Do you know why Craig used the number 42? I... I'm sure I spoke to him about it. It's a reference to, to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yes, that's the meaning of life, the universe and everything. It's the answer. That's it, which all kind of, which all kind of uh, slots in nicely to all the ridiculous non-coincidences yeah. that happened at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the answer that, to that the is, question of life, the universe, and everything. Yeah, the there, there, is, there is there is there is the the answer. But is it's there. funny, George. You know, I mean, we know we all know that Craig was you know enormously spiritual, and and we went along to to um, to his grave just to to say hello uh, and what have you, and just bizarre to be back. Um, at that church again in in Ferry Hill, um, and on a, on a Sunday. And apologies to anybody who was attending mass that morning if we interrupted you. Uh, just to to go and be at the the graveside there. Andrea Adamo visited uh, maybe a month six weeks ago, and left the trophy that he won on that one event that he did in um, in Cuneo. So the trophies there. There's there's so many flowers there, and just every day you can see mm-hmm. that people are visiting. Um, and and mm-hmm. for the family, that's a great comfort that they they know that he's been visited, um, and that he's you know people are around him and and going and talking to him like we did. And I've now so so yeah. So whether or not we we're believers in in this, both uh, Sean and 
Mike Chen, said they felt something in the car. They came to the end of a, I think it was what stage, whatever stage it was. Uh, and they were the car they were driving was really quick. It was one of these Skoda Fabias with a 2.5 litre Millington Diamond engine in. So 350 odd horsepower, four wheel drive, proper car. Um, and Chenny had been slowly winding this thing up uh, and going quicker and quicker. They came across the finish line on one stage, 100 metres down the road, a front right puncture on the road section, and the tyre just failed. The mm-hmm. inside of the tyre just it, it completely failed. Uh, and Chenny said literally we were doing 10 mile an hour and we just sort of understeered off. Got out, changed that tyre, fixed it, carried on. 100 metres later, exactly the same thing with the rear tyre. Um, and you know, if that had happened five minutes earlier at full rally speed, then, you know, the consequences could have been quite different. So I think the thinking is, as always with these that, things, that yeah. Brini was in there, uh, and just keeping an eye on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you don't believe in any of that, George, but it, it, it was, it, there was definitely a real feeling around Waterford yesterday. Well, if if I did want to believe in it, yeah, I, I would think I, I would think that was uh, that was just Brini having a bit of a laugh with him or scare the <laughs> shit out of me. That's what he was thinking, you know. I'll just give him a couple of punctures and make them realise what they're doing is a little bit risky. There was probably nothing go- nothing ever going to happen on the stage, but but it'll sort it out there for yeah. you afterwards. Yeah, much better off it had been raining and they'd got wet when they got out to change the puncture. But there you go. Yeah, maximum maximum laughs, minimum seriousness. So we'll we'll, we'll put I, I would put that spin yes. on it. If I had to put any on it. Yeah. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Yeah, 100%. What a great weekend. And um, Mm. yeah, great way to remember a great man. George, um, we haven't really had a chance to talk to you about your time in Kenya. Well, we spoke about it while you were there, and obviously you did the post-Kenya podcast as well, but um, you've kind of had a little chance to have a a reflect about the event. Uh, barely. Can we, can, we, can we put that to next week? Because I've, 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 I'm not long home. I'm only two days home. We, we stayed after the rally to sort out various bits and pieces with my, my, my colleague, uh, Tony Vinson, who's the one of the freight guys that, that looks after the championship. So um, uh, we're just sort of running around in uh, in in Nairobi, and uh, the freight depot's just making sure everything was done and, and dusted, which it was. And we had an, a bit of time to see a few people and go to a few Karogas, which is a wonderful Kenyan stroke uh, Indian uh, tradition that seems to have grown up over the last uh, couple of hundred years, where everybody gets together and and in front of a big pot, pick up a whole load of delicious herbs and spices, and then. 
throw meat into it uh, and it cooks for about an hour and then you eat it. It's absolutely amazing. It, it Better than it sounds, believe me. And a lovely social event. So I managed a couple of them as well with, with basically the organising committee of the rally. So I got some good insights into into uh, what's happened on the event and where they where they want to go with it. So I can I mean I probably can't say very much about the things that were talked about other than the fact that is that I do believe that the, the event has a bright future and, and there are options to alter it uh, to make it more challenging or, or um or slightly different. And that, and that, I suppose that's up to the championship to decide what it wants. But Kenya has already got I think, uh, David, you would agree, a bit of a classic now already. Yeah. Luke, Lisa, you'd agree that I think the yeah. event was a classic. It certainly gave us a, a very unusual uh, result two years in a row. Uh, and that's down to the event. And um, uh, uh, they, they, can, they can keep that format, no problem at all. They can, they can refine it, make it slightly better. Um, still got a little issue with Fesh Fesh. You know, the WRC two cars didn't get a run at the Osirian stage the second time on the Sunday. I think they missed that um, because the Fesh Fesh was coming through and they would, you know, the, the R2s and the, well, the, sorry, the, the R5s, the Rally 2s and the Rally 3s would have struggled to get through it because it was quite deep in places, um, despite the best effort. So there's a bit of refinement to do, but but um, I would like to see the event develop slightly differently. I think that I think the the I think the the championship deserves a chance to to play around with a format a little bit, especially on something as unique as this, without getting ridiculous or or outrageous or anything. It just just some interesting wee changes that might make the event even more flavoursome, shall we call it. So, yeah, I, I, I loved it to bits. The event itself, as we know, um, races around for three days. Uh, the country loves it. The president was there at the finish. I think we already talked about all that stuff. Um, and, uh, well, the country doesn't come to a standstill, but but the traffic does. <laughs> 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 on the perif- on the, the rally itself runs, but on the periphery, um, you know, there's not a huge traffic infrastructure there's a lot of quick rally traffic you know in terms of quick you know you're on the road for 10 kilometers and then you're off it and uh, the traffic volumes of spectators coupled with the normal freight traffic that exists on a you know a single track road so well, a two track road a normal you know two lane uh, country road effectively um is such that it, it struggles to allow the rally through in a coherent and and uh, timely fashion, so um, the the police uh, have a tendency to to stop everything northbound and southbound on the periphery of the rally. I don't think you want to know what happens outside there. I have no idea, but but um, <clears throat> certainly it'll be a bit of a mess for for uh, for a few people for a, a time. So it would be nice to see that being being mitigated a little bit, so we don't have to do that. And I think that was one of the things the organisers were discussing was ways around that. <clears throat> so I'd like to think that, that that's underway and, and uh, the, the event will grow from strength to strength. What I'm interested in though, George, if I may interject, and I don't know if you saw the news over the weekend on our website that Sebastian Auger was suggesting that Rally 1 cars should be coming now with the same modifications that Rally 2s are like, the bull bars, the snorkels and such like, and I have to say, it's it's always nice for me in this job when we see one of these things goes up and there's a massive healthy debate in the comment section. It was genuinely a healthy debate. None of this sort of nasty stuff. It was a proper people on both sides mm-hmm. of the coin, whether it was a good or, or bad thing. But 
I know the teams have always thought against it because it's obviously quite a lot of expense for essentially one rally. And it's the point somebody pointed out to me that actually all they could really do is, as you suggested just a couple minutes earlier, is alter the route to stop it being a situation where you need anything like this. But there's obviously a part of this. It's the romantic notion of the safari, isn't it? When you see these cars looking, well, quite incredible. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know yeah. where you sit on it. And really, I know Dave has got his opinions as well. Well, uh, uh, am I allowed to start or will let you go first, no, David, no, on this one? On, right. So um, I, I would I would agree with, with Seb Ogier 100%. Let, let's, let's get those additional little modifications on the car to make it easier to go through. So, for instance, altering, you'd like to alter the front of the car to stop them scooping up the sand where it happens and the water. However, the, 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 front, the front spoiler, the, the, the air dam, call it what you will, um, the front bumper to you and me um, is a massively complex aerodynamic uh, uh, item designed to get the right amount of air into the smallest possible radiator they can. Um, so if you alter that to, to make it so it doesn't, say, scoop in the sand, etc., etc., you're probably altering... Um, other things that that can be very detrimental to the car's performance, uh, even things like putting uh, you know rebars on the front, um, the you know to 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 help um, deflect any damage from either the scenery or any animals you come across, uh, might might be detrimental. And I mean, you think about that at the moment, if they say bash into a tree, it takes the wing off, you know, it scrapes the roof a little bit. If they put bars on the front, inevitably they're kind of out a little bit further. Are they going to pick up more damage that might actually transfer through onto the chassis? Because those those bars need to be bolted onto the car. And where do you bolt them on? Now, you know, they're, they're space frame cars. Um, so, for, first of all, they're not designed to particularly for front frontal impacts. I mean, that'll be a factor in it, of course, in terms of uh, uh, passenger protection. But if you put those bull bars on the front of a car, and they say smack into a, a tree or a stone at the side of the road or whatever, because you go through some really narrow little rocky places, rather than just ripping a body off and, and scraping a tire, puncturing a tire, you might transfer a massive amount of load back through the chassis and, and damage it. And you know, any chassis damage on those at all, any little kink at all, I think it's all regarded as roll cage. FIA will just retire you. So that's an issue um, to think about. But uh, again, I suspect that you could mitigate that. I would love to see the bars on the front of the car because I think it does look classic. And I'd love to see the lights yeah. up on the wings because that that is a great identifier. And, and I, I know people uh, people think it's notional, but when people see a light like that coming on a car, it, it people have all sorts of lights in Kenya on their car. People are running around with blue lights flashing on their car and they've got nothing to do with any emergency <laughs> services. It's, it's a little bit of a free-for-all. But those wing lights, um, I've never seen them on anyone else's car. That's a great delineator. Uh, out, out of interest, um, and you may have seen it on some of the videos, uh, Hyundai, uh, they, they, they run, I think they run the road sections, but certainly run the stages with flashing uh, LED lights on the front uh, just by way of increasing conspicuity and perhaps scaring away wildlife and letting people know that you're coming um, because the obviously the rally cars come quite quickly. And you've also got to remember that in Kenya, during the rally weekend, the speed limits for the rally car are suspended. I don't think that rule's ever been changed. I don't think anybody's actually even told the rally drivers that. It's quite funny. So, so um, even on the road? You can't get booked for speeding, David. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
That must be yeah. the only event in the world that that happens, wasn't it? Uh, well, it's a historical thing because effectively it used to be basically a road yeah. race, which it was, uh, and, and the limits were suspended. And the traffic was such, you know, back in the day, the traffic was such that it could stand that. that that's not the case now. Um, but speed limits are generally um, not super adhered to locally. They're actually very low and um, um, the they're not overly adhered to by, by the local drivers. And the, the, the rally, the volumes of, of rally spectators that were there, all keen to see what they could, uh, was quite significant. However, the way the rally is configured is you, you pop people into a stage in the morning um, and there's enough, you know, they've, they've got food stands in there, there's corporate entertainment, there's, there's covered areas, there's, there's uh, cafes and bars in there. People tend to go in and stay in, and that and that works perfectly. Um, and, and so that's a great part of the rally. If it was running linear, you would get spectators coming out of the first stage trying to go to the third stage or the fourth stage, and and then the sixth or seventh stage. So you then end up with a little bit too many people on the road, and that is a consideration in a country like Kenya, where the rally is relatively compact and there's a very few roads, and they are being used as the you know you you are the 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 rally is based on the spine of the national highway which is, is, comes up from Mombasa to Nairobi and then Nairobi up towards Kisumu and all the towns out to the north of Nairobi. That road is effectively um, the, the, the main artery. And it's also the main route of all the freight traffic to Uganda. Ah. Wow. Although, interestingly, I, I understand that there has been a new railway almost completed from Dar es Salaam in Tanzania all the way to Kampala around the south side of Lake Victoria, which is probably going to remove a massive amount of freight traffic from uh, from the roads of Kenya. Wow. I, I would just, no I would just like to add that I agree with everything George said. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that was that was probably a little bit detailed and boring. I do apologize. No, 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 I, 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 I love the place. I'm so, in, I'm so invested in the place. I really am invested in the place. I, I, I love it to bits. It is a great country filled with great people and, and everybody has a massive passion for yeah, the sport. I, I, I agree, um, George. You know, we, we, we have few enough kind of genuinely iconic events uh, left in, in the calendar and, and this is one of them. And we need to accentuate that yeah. and where we can. And for me, the snorkel, the bull bars and the lights on the side, they should be absolutely... Um, mandatory it is difficult because as as um as andrew weekly said you know we don't want to get into into snorkel wars um and actually regulating exactly what the snorkel does uh is is never as as easy as it sounds um well they basically they they did already have a snorkel system on the car david so all the all the all the rally one cars had uh, two air intakes, two separate air intakes. I don't think we talked about it on the rally. I can give you a 30-second a, a synopsis. Yes, please. So basically, the, the drivers had had a switch inside the car, the co-drivers. When they came to a dusty place, or that they knew was dusty, because you'd obviously have to know about it initially, or water, they flick a switch. And, and that diverts the air from the normal intake at the front of the car to an alternate one. Now, on the Toyota, it was one-third of the way back up the bonnet. There was a hole in the bonnet, and the air went down through that. So not at the front, it was on the top. Uh, it was still subject to, if water splashed over it, it would go down into it, and we saw that happen with uh, with um, 
Elfin Evans, but you had to you had to enter the water a specific mm. way at, at, for spe- specific depths to, in order to make that work. Um, Hyundai had a system that when theirs diverted, it went up and took air from behind the scuttle, uh, behind behind the bonnet uh, in front of the windscreen. You know where you, where your windscreen wipers normally lie. That's the normal air intake for a normal car's uh, uh, internal cooling system. You know for for the for the occupants. So again. Potentially subject, if, if water comes up over the bonnet as a massive sort of wave, it will go up there and you will be subject to water ingress. The the um, the the WRC two cars, the 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 R five cars, as I like to call them, uh, they they had makeshift um, they had makeshift snorkels, and and they were literally just made out of you know concertina uh, reinforced rubber pipe, and they diverted into the air system. And again, they just had some of them had a mechanical flap, some of them had an electric flap. So it would stop the air coming in from the normal air intake and divert it up to the snorkel. And then as soon as you were clear of it, you diverted it back. There's obviously a massive power loss when you're running with a snorkel compared to normal. Um, but um, the option to divert it like that w- was huge. So the innovation was there um, for for the for the World Rally cars to have just actually made it a snorkel. Um, it wouldn't have been a huge amount of extra work, but, but it... You know, a World Rally team is not, not prepared to do something as jury-rig and as homemade as some of the smaller teams are. Everything has to be engineered gorgeously and, and you know, they can't do something for a couple of thousand quid. It's going to cost £50,000, isn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I did not see what the Fords did, but I believe the Fords also had a similar system. Certainly they had no problem in the water either. So, um, I mean, I guess they all did. So the innovation was taking place. It's just it wasn't necessarily... Visible, so why not? Let's just you know give it the full flavor wing lights, snorkel because like 50% of it was there, David. Maybe even I would have said 60 or 70% of the engineering was already there. And and if they had fitted the snorkel system, then it doesn't matter how deep the water is, you know, the car's going to get through it. Yeah, which which you know, if if it was if it was a wet safari, like you know, I mean, and very nearly was a lot wetter. I mean, we could have easily had. You know, even given the conditions, we could have easily had three or four properly wet stages. And, you know, if, depending on when the rain comes, it, like you get an hour, an hour and a half proper big rainstorm. Sometimes they last up to two hours. Um, uh, and and then, you know, the road's quite flooded. Um, and, you, you know, you just go up on the edges, but sometimes you have to go across through. You could easily end up in, you know, half a metre of water frequently. And I don't think the systems that the team had would have coped well with that. You'd, you'd have probably, gone back to my, my pre-event prediction, had it been wet, I think some of the R5 cars might have come through because their snorkel systems were better. So, yeah, I think I think it would be worth it. it it's a mitigation for a, this time of year. You can, you know, it does rain. It does rain quite a lot, but it's intermittent around the place. So you've, you've got to, uh, you've got to mitigate accordingly. And, you know, an event like that could have easily seen the, the the guy lying in sixth or seventh place coming through to win the rally. Yeah. And, and gonna, that's what I, used to happen on Safari in the past. I'm going to so add the non-engineers view. Seconds. Apologies. <clears throat> I'm no, going to add a quick non-engineers view and just say they look cool. End of story. <laughs> they do look cool, don't they? I remember <laughs> playing, I'm sure cool. I remember as a kid playing with um, different types of cars and the ones that had all the extra bits on were cool. You know, the ones with the bull bars and... Yeah. and I'm just trying to, I'm genuinely trying to remember because my brother really hated the fact that his little sister kept playing with his cars and I can't remember which bits I pulled off 
Uh, <laughs> I don't think they were mm. supposed to come off. But yeah, and and, well, you're, and Rani Khan should be one innovating. Of those sisters. Yeah, yeah. Well, if someone's going to say you can't play with it. I want it. Um, but but rally rally cars and, and rally teams should be innovating. That's isn't that one of the points of? Yeah, of, I think of, I think this absolutely is the point. I mean, well, if you go back to the history of rallying, it was all about all about manufacturers developing their cars and improving them, improving them in public, which is ultimately ultimately kind of still the same business. It's all about marketing these days, but. Um, that's not very much different. Just a slightly different purpose and approach. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I have got... There used to be showroom cars. I've got an idea. I've got, I've got one eye on the clock, and I do want to talk about the Royal Rally Scandinavia. I was uh, reading of brilliant uh, press release from the Solbergs because <laughs> it's a proper family affair for uh, rally, uh, the Royal Rally Scandinavia, uh, even to the point that Pet is taking his mum out for a spin in the car. I saw that. <laughs> Remarkable. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, isn't Partners it? Is, well, Partners is quite quick, though, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she won't mind she'll be speed. calling the shots. Numerous, multiple autocross champion. Um, and, but you know the whole family. There's nobody slow in that family, is there? But Luke, you're you're our man on the ground uh, for Royal Royal Rally. What's it called? Royal Scan Royal Royal Rally Scandinavia yeah. ERC. I am. Yeah, I am. So it's, it's a good week for me. Promotion and a chance to go to an ERC rally. So I can't complain. <laughs> can I? Um, but no, it's. I am. As I say, it's in a way. I almost feel sorry for the main field of the ERC because. All people want to talk about, I think a lot of interest <laughs> will be in the Solberg family bonanza. It's just for anybody that hasn't seen the article or, or the press release from Solbergs or anything about it. We've got Oliver competing in the main rally for ERC points. It's a good chance for him to try and fight for a win, but also it's good seat time ahead of Estonia. So that all makes sense. The rest of the family is all competing in, I think it's called the legend section, but it's essentially a run of demonstrations. You've got Petter in his, his Citroen C4 wheel drive car, as you said, with his mother <laughs> alongside, which is going to be great. You've got Penilla back in her Group N Mitsubishi, which is actually really amazing. So I think that's the car from David, correct me here, but 2000, isn't it? She yeah. last drove, I think the last car she ever drove competitively, isn't it? So that's a really nice story to see her back in there. You've got Henning in Petter's Celica with his wife alongside as well. And, I guess late to the party of events is Alistair McRae driving the Solbergs family Mark II Escort as well. So there's plenty of fever, as as a lost friend would say. So yeah, it's it's going to be great. The rally itself, obviously, there's plenty of interest in there. Um, with with your usual protagonists, I guess Hayden Padden. I think I'm pretty sure he heads the entry list. I've not checked it again. It's on EWRC results. If you do want to check it, I should have done. But as challenge leader, I'd be surprised <laughs> if he's not number one. But there's yeah, <laughs> that's not very great, is it? No, he is. But there's there's plenty there's plenty of interest in the in the rally itself. But even the event itself is it greatly intrigues me. I wrote about the event just at the end of last year. I spoke to one of the the main sort of brains behind it, Glenn Olson, a name familiar to to all of us because of his 
involvement in WRC's event in Sweden in the past. And it, I, I openly said it, it was one of the most, oh sorry, the event I was looking forward to most this year. And I stand by that. I really do. I think there's something really interesting about taking these stages most of the rallying world knows as, as winter rally stages and, and running yeah. them in the summer. Obviously, there is history here of, of all other rallies in the past, other kinds of events have used these roads. So it's not a brand new concept to be going over Collins Crest in the summer, but for an international rally, it, it very much is. So I think it's going to be very interesting sort of almost seeing the speeds that they could have gone. Although having said that, the way the studded tyres work, actually, I don't know if the speeds will be too different, but it'll, it'll be like a rally we know it, but completely different, if that makes sense. So the whole thing just intrigues me. And it seems like they've got a lot of interesting sort of concepts and ideas about promotion and, and sort of celebrating all the great culture of a Scandinavian summer as well. So yeah, I, I'm quite excited to be going. Put it that change way. the filter. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Absolutely amazing. You, yeah, so it's like you, a rally where they've just changed the filter. Yeah. The photos. <laughs> very, very quick on George. Yeah. What would you expect uh, in terms of, like Luke said, you know, you get incredible grip from, from studded winter tyres in, in good snow conditions, but yeah. you're not going to have snow banks to lean on. Um, what, what, what could we expect, do you think? Um, well, if anyone goes there with the, with a winter concept in their head, I expect a lot of cars to go off on the first corner. David. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the no. But re- realistically, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rallies happening in Sweden all the time, and these roads will be well rallied. Some some of the Swedish rally roads are you know big main roads that will be well established, good good surfaces. Some of the smaller ones, um, which they're they're probably not using, would which can only really stand winter usage stages like. Uh, Back, uh, I can't, well, I can't remember all the names of them. Some of them I know are quite small forest roads, but the bigger roads will all stand it very well. I mean, honestly speaking, quite like Finland in my view, in, in a way, not 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 dissimilar, but but um, uh, that would be the closest comparison I would get. But just normal normal forest stages, generally quite soft, uh, generally not too rocky, um, uh, but where the road is good, good grip levels. Right. I, I did I do remember saying to Glenn earlier earlier this year uh and I'm right with you Luke you know the chance to to go and okay rally Sweden has been up in Umeå for a couple of years now and we haven't even been in Karlstad uh for quite some time now based out of obviously still used a trotting track in recent years but Torsby has been the base um previous to that or sort of subsequent to that but to be in Karlstad somewhere that we know you know you always go with a massive winter coat um and okay the snow wasn't always great but it was always mighty chilly there so to go mm-hmm. in shorts and a t-shirt it, it, it'll be crazy and i said to glenn you know finally it'll david be... do you own any shorts no well yeah i do i do but, but that's f- f- for for a separate conversation but but i i, <laughs> I said i said I to glenn, imagine you going on an event in shorts no i said to glenn though you know it's 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 going to be great that finally we go to Rally Sweden. We're in oh we go to Sweden. We're in Karlstad, and nobody is going to be asking you about concerns about snowfall. And you know, to, are you expecting a bit of snow later in the event? Is there any chance that the temperature could get a bit cooler? Just bring it. You know, whatever the weather is, yeah. it is. Um, yeah, and it's great. You know, the Glenn's a hardworking, committed rally organizer, and and this does look like it's going to be a really interesting one. The trees will all look it'll taller. Be, it will be fantastic, brilliant stages, winter or summer. I mean, the the, the Stig Blomqvist's favourite stage of all time is a stage called Bjalvarud, 
which is is off to the, the the west side of the rally, the west side of the lake that the rally traditionally ran on, probably about uh, eighty or ninety kilometres north of <coughs> Karlstad, maybe a little bit less, and uh, it was absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous. Gor I've driven that stage six times, and God knows how many times on recce. Um, it is the most gorgeous ballet of a stage. You know, it's an absolute fast-flowing stage with an incredible uh, run down to the finish, as many of the stages in Sweden are. So, I would I would be expecting a fast rally, um, with. I mean, try and get out on a stage. Look, I know your 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 job's not necessarily out there, but try to to do a little bit of uh, of of spectating, even if you're just near the finish or near the start, just to see the beauty of cars sweeping through long corners and just staying between fourth and fifth gear, barely pressing the brake for kilometer after kilometer. Yeah, just like Finland, uh, Bjalvarud to my mind. Uh, but but hillier, it's a hilly stage. You're going up through the hills, but lovely big long corners. Just flows and flows and flows. Absolutely brilliant. David, can I use that as official endorsement for me to go out and watch some stages? 100%. Yeah, I'd be disappointed <laughs> if you didn't. And you're what, the boss, one, Luke. Anyway. What, one stage, Luke. One stage. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you say one. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I tried to take two or three. But <laughs> even one if it's per just day, one. then. One per day. You yeah. got, you one got per day. Days, okay, one that's a good day. deal. Yeah. Well, you've had a... Absolutely. to say, that's quite a... Um, collection of different weekends we've had over the last well one to come and, and the last two weeks as well but it just shows kind of how much scope there is for rallying to do something different to be out and about different parts of the world see the same things through different eyes as uh lukey gets ready to get that that's his pen getting ready obviously i can hear it warming your hands up to do lots of writing luke i don't think that's me for once actually i, I, I was wrestling before I was asking no, before was, the call. It was it, David. It was it, it was me. The cat, the cat just jumped on my desk, up on my desk. He comes in and out all day. And when he when he comes in, he comes and sees me for a little biscuit ah, okay. because he's come back in. Gotcha. And as he jumped up, he, he knocked. Uh, I'm still I'm still unpacking from Kenya. I've got my my uh, multiple port charger was sitting on the edge of the the uh, my, my my desk, and he managed to jump up and knock that onto the floor. And then, I, of course, I had to rustle in the little packet to get him some biscuits to put in his wee plate that I've got on my desk. I'm completely soft on cats these days. I was a dog yeah. person all my life. And now that I've got a cat, and I have to, I have to mention Ian Duncan in Kenya. Last parting shot about Kenya. I went to visit my very good old colleague and friend, Ian Duncan, um, who wasn't, didn't have much to do with the rally, but he was out spectating on his motorbike, you know, on one of his KTMs. He's the importer there in Kenya. So I went to his garage again to see all his cars and he's got a great collection of cars that he does the classic safari in, various events around and about. He does rally cross and they do a, an event called a rhino charge, which look it up on the internet. It's the most bizarre event. I think we should cover it, David, yeah. honestly. It's a bizarre concept. But uh, Ian has a, a, a garage full of dogs. So he's, he's got a working uh, 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 car garage and... He's got four or five dogs, most of which are strays, all of which are gorgeous, and a cat that has adopted them just in the last three or four months that he's already spent about literally five or six hundred pounds vet bills because it wasn't very well. And somebody came around looking for it. They took the cat back and then the cat turned up two days later and has just totally adopted the garage and it's just the biggest little pet. It looks after the dogs <laughs> like they don't mess with them. And it just goes and sits on whoever's lap happens to be sitting around in the office or 
on the seat of a motorbike out in the showroom or a trials bike or whatever. Absolutely amazing. Anyway, cats, Ian Duncan, uh, dogs. Uh, Ian is a fabulous guy. I'm, I'm hoping that he gets a little bit more involved in the Safari Rally and its concept moving forward, but still very active in motorsport and uh, the only modern-day Safari Rally yeah. winner. And a guy with an enormous number of stories, um, I've no doubt. Oh, tremendous. Just such fun. Well, he did all that. You know, he, he used to be the main yeah. test driver through the through the mid to late 90s. So he did about six or seven years of massive amounts of testing with Toyota through a lot of victories. Um, so get a, a huge amount of stories. Absolutely. And they will be for another time because we have run out of time. That is one episode 188 of Spin the Rally Pod, done and dusted. If you haven't subscribed already, subscribe with your favourite podcast provider and the next edition will appear in your ears as soon as it is honed and crafted by us here at Dirtfish.com. If you want to get in touch, hashtag at Dirtfish Rally is the best way to do it. And if you've got any kind of suggestions or comments, uh, positive ones, please ping them our way and um, we'll see what we can do. We've been all over the place in this podcast. It's been brilliant. Thanks, guys. Have a, have a good week. Thank you, Thank Lisa. you Lisa. Thanks very, very much. much. Luke.